when you mentioned doing Elon Musk, I was all pumped up to do Elon Musk. And then I said, we should throw Michael Jordan in here too. You can be a liberal and you can still embrace capitalism. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper with Derek Gabrielson, a.k.a. D. Mark, how's it going today? What's up, buddy? I, I'm doing okay. You? You know, living the dream. Living the lockdown dream, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Every day is exactly the same. <laughs> Groundhog day, dude. <laughs> so look, you, you, uh, you came up with a great idea for today's show. We're going to talk Elon Musk. And then I said we should talk a little Michael Jordan, too. Okay. <laughs> Did you make it all the way through the? the I'm 10, 10, 10. through seven of of the ten. I'm not all the way through. Are you done with the no, last I, dance? I made it through six. You made it through six. Yeah. So everyone's raving about it, but I personally, I haven't been blown away by it. I always knew the dude was a jerk. Yeah, I've learned nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that uh, Dennis Rodman's hair had little three? I did in not oh, for really? Scottie Pippen. I never knew that. I so, actually did know that. I was you uh, did. I was impressed with myself. Yeah, good for you, man. Good. I, I didn't know about Dennis Rodman's uh, getaway to to Vegas right in the middle of the season. I did not remember that. That was interesting to find yeah. out about. It was very cool. It was it was cool stuff. And I also I, didn't know that Dennis Rodman didn't have a sip of alcohol throughout college. He was clean as could be at the beginning of his career with the Pistons. And it wasn't until Chuck Daly was given the boot that he kind of went off the deep end. Yep. I only learned that a couple months before when I watched the Dennis Rodman documentary. Oh, there you go. 30 for 30. (laughs) (laughs) Cheater. Well, we're not talking Dennis Rodman today, so let's get back on topic here. So let's start with Elon Musk. So Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, has been front and center in fighting back over this, the great lockdown, the economic shutdown in response to COVID-19. And this comes from a guy who um, is apparently an anti-Trump guy. Yep. He's been vocally anti-Trump. He is definitely a liberal, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, against climate change. That's why he, you know, sells electric vehicles, right? right? But recently it has become very apparent that the dude's a capitalist, Yeah. right? So I want to talk a little bit about that, but you know, just to kind of cut to the chase first, and then let's talk a little bit about what he's done. I think it's very important for everyone to understand that being a liberal on social issues does not mean that you have to be a socialist. Right. So whether it is gay marriage, the death penalty, abortion, climate change, you can have a liberal take on all of those social issues. But when it comes to the economy, you can be a capitalist. You don't have to necessarily be a socialist. And I think that's great. Yeah. You know, I think um, as this podcast kind of picks up a little steam and you know, my friends have been talking to me about it and my, and my clients as well, this isn't a show about being a Republican. Not at all. Kind of there's crossover there, but Republican and Democrat, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with, with what we're talking about here. Nothing at all, man. It, this is strictly what do you believe is the best way for our economy to continue to move forward? Right. Is it giving everyone equality of opportunity or is it forcing upon everyone the equality of results? Yep. That is exactly what we've been talking about is capitalism versus socialism. But Elon Musk, so I mean, this guy, anti-Trump, I think you said he, he says he's a socialist? Yeah, he's tweeted that. And well, he to, lies about a lot. To be fair, he tweets a lot of stuff. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily uh, come out in the wash the next day, but 
he's he's very publicly feuded with with Trump early on in his administration. I think Trump said something about American ingenuity. Yeah, given Tesla the thumbs up, and he came back at him and said, "You know, I'm from South Africa. You something and something." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what this pandemic has really done, and the drastic measure, the it's really forced people to to kind of pick a side. You know, and, and it's been very divisive. Absolutely, very divisive, which is disappointing. Right. Honestly. Which, to be honest with you, I mean, we just talked about um, you can be a liberal on you know all those social issues right. and still be a capitalist. Admittedly, I don't take the Republican stance on every single one of those social issues. Yes, I'm the, I'm the same. Exactly I don't. Right. Not at all. And I don't, frankly, like many Republican yeah. <laughs> uh, representatives. Yeah. Uh, most of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't like any politicians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's be honest here. So uh, my my personal stance, you know, since we're getting into it, 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 the more a big government gets involved, the worse things tend to get. Yes. So that's kind of my core belief. Well, Milton Friedman, you know, he's written the most recent Bibles on capitalism. And then you go way back to Adam Smith, the invisible hand guy, mm-hmm. Wealth of Nations, I believe it is. He was like the original, you know, the, the godfather of capitalism. What they both said is that the government was never supposed to be a participant. The government in a capitalist society is only meant to be an umpire. So there's so many people talking about capitalism is broken. It's not broken. The government injected themselves into the game as a player and they stopped play. (laughs) They they entered themselves in the bottom of the ninth and said, I'm not going to throw the ball. (laughs) That's it. It's over. We're done. So get yourself out of the game and let the game resume as it was designed. Right. All right. So Elon yesterday actually tweeted, take the red pill. Right. Right. So that's, you know, that's from the Matrix from back in our college days. Yeah, the movie. So long ago now, I was remembering about I, that. I don't remember movie. what the red pill did <laughs> or what the blue pill did. Right. But obviously, that's, I believe it to be a metaphor for Republican versus Democrat. But who knows? Um, yeah, I think it might. In Not the in the Matrix. I'm talking yeah. Elon. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. But in the movie, the, the red pill was basically, hey, how do we, um, you, you can take the, the red pill if you want to know the truth, or you can take the blue pill if you want to basically go back to sleep and this never happened. In the movie, he had to take that red pill to kind of see deeper into what was actually going on. Yep. So so let, let's well, let's go with the truth then. What's the truth that people should know? I really think that Elon, while he may claim to be a socialist, and, and I shouldn't say that, he is a socialist, I think. He, he wants the- Except for his billions? He wants the community to- <laughs> Rules don't apply thrive. to him. <laughs> yeah. But he's still a billionaire. Yeah. Just pointed out. So. Right. But I truly believe at his core, he does want the- He's fighting for the to, greater good. Exactly. He's fighting for the greater good. I give the dude credit for that. Yeah. Maybe we can have him on our podcast at some point in time. <laughs> I'll tweet him. I'm, I'm sure he'll get right back to us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the truth, you know, is, is basically, I, I think it culminated that he was just so frustrated with bureaucracy. The, the state of California finally said, hey, you know, you, you can open up. And and I believe at the last minute, the like the county health board or something like that put the brakes on. Yeah. So, he and his employees were at a competitive disadvantage by being in California because all the other automakers had had opened up their, their yeah. production facilities. Now, I know he th- threatened. He acted as if he was done with California and he was moving to Texas or wherever right. he said he was moving. That hasn't happened, has it? No, no. I think just a couple of days after that tweet, 
they were able to come to a, an agreement, even though he had already opened up his doors. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. I, I yeah. Well, then and, you hear about like salon owners mm-hmm. across the country right now. They're opening early and they're getting fined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right here in Cleveland, um, restaurants were allowed to open this past weekend for patio seating only. Yep. And Governor DeWine already jumped in and said, we're going to take away your liquor license. You didn't practice social distancing. Oh, really? Yeah, that sucks. Oh, People are itching. They're dying to get out and see other human beings. Do you remember what human beings look like? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. And and that's really the the main thing about government. In a free society, you can't restrict people's freedoms so harshly. People were on board at first, and now as this disease progresses and our response to it progresses, people are, are really... They're really starting to question what their leaders are telling them, I think. Yeah. And is it really in everyone's best interest? Right. There are financial and economic consequences with keeping the economy shut down. Mm-hmm. The counter argument to that is, well, there's health consequences if we reopen. But then the counter argument to that is there's health consequences to being closed. Right. right? There's an emotional toll that's wreaking havoc on adults and children, right? And we're going to talk about that more in a, an upcoming podcast, but there are costs both ways. And I think that's, you know, kind of the truth that Elon's alluding to. You know, the government injected themselves into the game as a participant when they're only supposed to be an umpire, just observing to make sure that one party doesn't coerce another party and forcefully take what's theirs. And they injected themselves the results are not looking pretty so far, or at least what the, the what I believe that the results are going to be in the long run after suffering through this lockdown. Right. With Elon, he, he's obviously a different cat, as they say. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting that someone like him, who's definitely on the liberal side of things, when forced with a situation like this, he's just moving right back into capitalist tendencies. Yeah. Because he wants him. But more importantly, I think, because obviously he's a billionaire. We covered that already. He wants his employees to do well. He wants his company to to do well. He wants it to continue so so that people can benefit from it. And maybe some of it is him looking out for his own self-interests, but capitalism embraces that. If everybody looks out for their own self-interests, the economy is a great thing. Mm. We're a fast-growing economy. So- He's looking out for his best interest saying, if you keep me shut down, Tesla no longer exists. We're done. Mm -hmm. Not only do I lose everything, but my hundreds or thousands of employees, they lose everything too. Right. Right. It's a trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. However, you know, the party that he affiliates with would rather give money to all of his employees, an extra $2,000 a month now on top Mm -hmm. of their unemployment benefits. So now you're making almost a hundred grand a year sitting at home (laughs) while Elon is losing his company. He's losing it. Yep. And if he, if he loses it, those people will never, ever, ever have jobs working for Tesla again. And who knows what kind of job destruction will actually happen where some of those jobs are just, they're gone for good. Yep. So nice to see Elon coming around. I mean, obviously he's probably always felt like this, <laughs> but he finally had to speak out, right? right. <laughs> so good stuff. Now let's shift to Michael Jordan. I already knew the dude was a jerk. An all-time jerk. All-time jerk, man. <laughs> no one wanted to tolerate him, right? But they all wanted to win championships, and he was obviously the best at making that happen. It seems like none of his teammates are even that friendly with him now. No. <laughs> no. 
they, they've had a dynasty and six championships. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Horace Grant lo- is looking pretty good. Yeah. Remember, he used to, he was the goofy looking dude with the goggles? The sports goggles, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now he looks like he's a freaking bodybuilder, man. Yeah, I would not mess with that guy. No. <laughs> he's got to be like 6'10, 6'11. Michael and just Jordan jacked. didn't have any problem messing with that guy, though. Yeah. Did you get to the part where um, he wouldn't let him eat if, they, if he had a bad game? No. Now you just you spoiled it for me. Man, I could see Michael Jordan doing that, yeah. right? Yeah. No food for you. So the one part I really want to talk about, and there's, there's a lot of parts um, that I think are worthy of this podcast, but the one part specifically I want to talk about in The Last Dance, and for those of you who have, who have no idea what we're talking about, there's this 10 – episode documentary on it's not on Michael Jordan obviously he's the main character main part of this story it's called the last dance and it's really about the Chicago Bulls in the last year of their championship run so they had a three-peat and then they had another three-peat after Jordan quit baseball (laughs) (laughs) quit basketball to play baseball quit baseball to come back to basketball Great show. The Last Dance, it's called. It's on ESPN. I'm through seven episodes. D's done with it. No, um, I only made it through six so far. Oh, six. Oh, well, then I guess I I must have been sleeping when <laughs> that part happened. Maybe I just read that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Michael Jordan, there was a part in the, I don't know, maybe episode four, I'm going to ballpark it, where I thought this works well with our show because there was a, I don't know if it was a black governor or Senator, someone in, in North Carolina, I believe. Yep. Harvey Gant. Harvey Gant. And he was running for Senate. He was running for Senate in North Carolina. Correct. And it looks like Michael Jordan's mom or people were, were encouraging him to step up in front of the cameras and endorse Harvey Gant, right? Yep. And the comment that he made was, Republicans buy sneakers too. And I thought about that and I'm thinking, that dude's a pure capitalist, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like he realized like, I'm not going to ostracize a particular group of people to make a statement. And he even said that in The Last Dance when he's being interviewed present day, he never wanted to be an activist. He just wanted to play ball and make money. Even if it was, you know, beating, you know, the the lower paid guys on the team in, you know, dollar hands of blackjack. Right. right? Why do you want to play with us? We're only playing for a dollar because I just want to say your money's mine. (laughs) I want your money in my pocket. Yeah, that's exactly what it's Dude's a savage. He really is. He's nuts, man. Unbelievable. What's your take on that? He had an opportunity to be an activist, but could have risked singling out a group of people who were doing business with him, with Nike, which which was him, Mm -hmm. right? But he decided that he was not going to be an activist. He was just going to sit behind and continue to be Michael Jordan, the basketball player, and Michael Jordan, the the guy who had the the Jordan shoes. When I watched, you know, the six episodes I've watched so far, it's really the first time that something has, like, transformed me back to my childhood. Yeah. Like, it's enough time has passed that I kind of got picked up and and put right back in there. So you you forget how not much time has passed since this stuff was going on. In in 1990, I believe it was, this election was a big deal. It was a black man trying to get into a Senate seat that had been 
occupied by by you know, a guy who I think was kind of racist, like super racist. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know enough about him yeah. to say much about him, but it didn't sound good. Just from the documentary, it was pretty clear. You know, he was opposed to a Martin Luther King. He mentioned holiday. something about segregated schools yeah, too. And he basically like, dude, said, what are you saying? Well, I think he, what he, that guy was saying was, if you let people do their own thing, they're going to separate anyway. Oh, okay. That's not what I heard, but, <laughs> you know, I'm hearing it third hand at that point. Yeah, so, so, yeah. But, you know, from the clips that I saw, and it could have been, you know, positioned that way, but uh, he did not look like the best guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to say the least. Yeah. And something I, I did not know uh, until today, actually, that gentleman who was running, Harvey Gantz, he was the first black person to attend Clemson in 1963. Wow. That is not that. Long ago. That's crazy no. to me. Yeah. The first black person. Just just insane. Yeah. So, you know, just a side topic there. But in my personal opinion, what Michael Jordan w- was saying, he described it as kind of, hey, I just said that off the cuff. It really wasn't what I was thinking or, or feeling, but I don't believe that. It's exactly <laughs> what he was thinking. Now, maybe he would have said it more tactfully had he had more of an opportunity to think about it. But, dude, that was running through his subconscious mind. No question about Without, it. And it just came out. He is obviously a super sharp guy. And in my opinion, and I haven't talked to Michael Jordan, but I would love to ask him sometime, what was going through his mind is, hey, I am building an empire here. Yeah. And I'm not going to let this get in the way of that empire. Yep. And it was not presented that way in, in the documentary, but – that, that's kind of what I was putting together yep. that, that he was actually thinking. Yeah. Here's a quote for what he, how he explained it in The Last Dance. It was thrown off the cuff. My mother asked to do a PSA for Harvey Gant, and I said, look, mom, I'm not speaking out of pocket about someone I don't know, but I will send a contribution to support him, which is what I did. Right. Right. So- when you mentioned doing Elon Musk, I was all pumped up to do Elon Musk. And then I said, we should throw Michael Jordan here too. And what this really turned into was a show about you can be a liberal and you can still embrace capitalism. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, that's exactly what this show was about. Mm-hmm. Kind of mentioned that at the beginning. I'm mentioning again here at the end. And I think these are two great Timely examples. I mean, Elon Musk is out there tweeting about this stuff right now. The Michael Jordan Last Dance series is, you know, certainly relevant right now because they just released, I think, episodes nine and 10. So capitalism is a beautiful thing. And people who are critical of capitalism, I think, oftentimes fail to understand that it is the government's intervention that causes capitalism to look like it's not working. Absolutely. I mean, that is so well said. If the government were to just remain an umpire and not insert themselves as a player, it would work the way it's supposed to work. Right. So it's not about equalizing results more to make a quote unquote broken system work. It's not broken. You're breaking it by intervening. Right. You know, you created social security benefits and look how you did with that. It's a disaster. Epic disaster. Right? And then when the government creates something and it's a disaster, what do they do? They throw more money at it. Right. They very rarely create a program that stinks and decide to call it quits. Right? They just throw more money at it. (laughs) So anyways, that wraps up today's episode. Everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. D, what's the YouTube channel you're putting these on? Derek G. SWP. That should be in the show notes. 
Cool, cool. So check out the show notes. We got some stuff in there. And uh, we will look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks for joining us.